0: Yeah, but, like, what's the plot?
1: I think it really is the Coca-Cola polar bear from the commercials, right? He had just landed a huge investment deal with Coca-Cola, and he then wanted to take the train from, you know, the Antarctic stop all the way to, I think it was Cape Cod. He had a place up there. And so as he's taking it, he runs into this little schmuck of a boy. Turns out to be Larry David in his youth. And this Whoa. schmuck keeps trying to play pranks on him, and he's just trying to sip his Coca Cola, minding his business in the back of the, you know, the back of the cart. The kid keeps opening his door, spitting on him, calling him, you know, the dumb polar bear. It's just he's a thirteen foot, twelve hundred pound bear. He's trying to live his life and drink his Coca Cola and get to Cape Cod. Larry David's being a schmuck. He's bald. The the kid Larry is bald at the age of seven, and um, yeah, it's it's the experience of this poor bear, polar bear has to go through. Have you guys
0: seen the Polar Express?
2: Welcome to Footy Fellas. Coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. The states most known for their popcorn, popped corn, pops corn, and can of pop. We're going to be talking soccer. We're going to be talking life, playing games, playing mind games. we got a little something for you. We also recently created our Instagram page on which we're featuring a wide range of great content. So throw us a follow at footyfellaspod on Instagram. That's F-O-O-T-Y, fellaspod on Instagram. want to thank everyone, again, that did follow the account already. We've got a lot of cool stuff planned and want you on board. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Not you you max i'm happy that you finally got your toilet paper it was really uh really a team effort as you can tell from the from the instagram uh, i almost had to i almost was like not i didn't need to go anymore yes it was uh, i'd wait, waited quite a while that you point. you asked for it and then you're kind of like hopping back and forth you looking a little uncomfortable there for a while yeah yeah but you got there right in the nick of time i appreciate everybody who contributed and
0: um uh I mean, no one washed their hands, but that's fine. Like end of the day, I got my toilet paper, and then um, it saved me a pair of pants.
1: Yeah, it was it was uh, one of the best assists I've seen in my entire life.
2: You might say it was the world's greatest, actually.
1: Oh, did we hear? From, did we hear back from Guinness already? Guinness Book of World Records.
2: I think they confirmed it. They that's confirmed good. it. Nice. But the problem, I didn't want to tell you guys because I feel kind of bad about it. I know it was something we put time into. I accidentally sent the the email and the hard copy piece of mail to Guinness, the brewery by accident. And that I, totally my bad, but you can kind of see where I was coming from making that simple mistake. Uh,
1: dang that. You know, that's fine. You know, I actually saw, I think they're using us in a commercial for their beer.
2: Guinness, the, the brewery, not the world book of world records.
1: Yeah. The brewery. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a bizarre commercial. They, they're saying, you know, they actually have edited out the, toilet paper and it's just a pint of guinness it's pretty brilliant
2: it just seems unrealistic people are just juggling a pint it seems almost dangerous
1: and they encourage you to drink while on the toilet so you know jones is going to go to the bathroom and they say have a guinness and it's the whole community coming together and giving max what he needs and what he wants i just
0: want more beer on the toilet that's all I've ever wanted, guys, and um, I'm so happy and fortunate to be a part of a team that looks out for my bathroom shenanigans.
2: Guys, I think we are on to something. You know how... That seems like an untapped market. That genuinely seems like an untapped market. Keep, keep going, Winter.
1: No, I, I think we're on the same page, Eli. I think that, you know how you always see magazines, you know, people always put magazines in the bathroom to read. Who reads that, by the way? Just put a little mini fridge. Crack a cold one. That's that. We're on to something. I think we've got to we need to look into this.
2: You could put, you could even have stories on those cans of beer, like they would be sold separately as, I don't know, I haven't thought of the best name I can think of right now is potty beer. Like sure, that could work, but maybe there's something better out there. But if you just a potty sell pint. It separately, a potty, pint. potty pint potty pint, done. You need That's the it. alliteration. Potty pint. Come get your, your potty pint. A Guinness. Slurp. Slurp. Speaking of beard, how about them beards? Being stuck in quarantine, Max, uh, you've been growing quite the beard. And Winter, I'm imagining that you've grown basically a Hagrid beard at this point.
1: (laughs) Uh, Max, Jones has a much nicer beard than myself. I actually cannot grow a beard longer than five days before it gets much too itchy and I need to shave it. So no Mm. Hagrid, no Hagrid over here. Jones, on the other hand, is well, well on his way.
0: The secret is you have to take your morning morphine um, uh, pills. I don't feel anything in my face, guys. And so the trick is right now it's technically, I think, yeah, you know, it feels like, um like steel wool, really. Like it's not comfortable at all, but it, um, you know, if you don't feel anything, it's totally fine. Eli's grown out his beard too. Um, and it's looking fierce. It's looking like, um, uh, like a,
2: like a, like a fierce I can't even describe it because it's so fierce yeah it almost looks like a, a tiger's beard as though I should be in tiger king you might say you've been calling me tiger king and it's because of my beard right right sure not the not the other stuff but yeah I do I do appreciate it because I've been working hard to really grow out this mane. main gucci mane. What up my main
1: main lemonade Love. you guys lemonade. know the lemonade song <laughs> <Nah>. oh.
3: <laughs>
1: start rapping I'll, I'll keep doing that <laughs> i'll do the opening for it. <laughs> all right that's an assignment you guys should play it right now
0: there we go bump the music
1: please
3: Sugar Plums, Yah! you're my sweetie pie your Yellow mess,
0: everything.
1: Um, <coughs> Alright, that's a little preview for uh listeners who have not heard that song before. It's a must. That actually was for the idea. for the one season that I was on the lacrosse team, sophomore year of high school, that was the one song we played every single day on our ride to practice. Definitely is nostalgic.
0: You're you're telling us you did a you did a year
2: of Lacrosse. I did one
1: season, spring season, sophomore year high school.
2: There's a lot we don't know about you. La- season of lacrosse, multiple years working at Ben and Jerry's. It's like I don't know the man on on the other end of this line.
1: Eli, you and I don't know much about each other.
2: That's true. true. I guess that's one of the beauties of the pot, huh? Just gonna unpack more and more layers about each other in front of the world.
1: In front of the
0: world. I see, did
2: you know? Do you know that um,
0: Eli, when he was growing up in Connecticut, was a part of the cross country skiing team?
1: Wow! No, I did not. But Eli, we have just gotten closer as
2: friends. That was for me. That was only ages two to five, so it was very, <laughs> very short time in my childhood. To be fair, I don't know if you did it more seriously.
1: Uh, yep, yep, definitely did it very competitively. I mean, I soft, did as well. Too.
2: well like I years. did it as well, very competitively. Just to be clear. But it oh, was
1: okay, fun. okay. Was
0: younger, the fame got to him. He couldn't. He couldn't keep up with the sex drugs and rock and roll
1: five years uh, old baby of of cross-country skiing right (laughs)
2: it's competitive competitive sphere a lot of big egos out there huge egos what was the most emotional moment of your cross-country skiing career wow great
1: question definitely has to be senior year conference race uh this race was actually a very cool one where you do five kilometers um, you do five kilometers at skate skiing, um, and then you do, and then you rest for what, an hour and then you come back and do five kilometers, classic skiing. I was in like 10th place at the end of the skate skiing. And then I clawed my way up to sixth in the, after the classic and I got sixth overall. It was, Dude, I, huge. I was One so thing. hyped that, uh, I screamed crossing the finish line. I was just like, Jack. I was exhausted, <laughs> but I'd like let out this crazy roar. <laughs> it was awesome. I got tackled by the team. It was great.
2: I'm emotionally hyped just listening to that story. That's so cool. I can already see the YouTube video that I accidentally stumbled upon in a couple of days. Like top 10 <laughs> emotional cross country skiing Dude, if
1: I, I would absolutely pay a considerable amount of money to go back in time and get a video of that moment.
0: You were racing, what, sixth graders, fifth graders?
1: <laughs> this was high school. This was senior year of high school.
0: Okay, so you're a senior racing fifth, and they grade, were like six fifth, grade, fifth grade, sixth what, grade, sixth well, no. grade. What were the competitors, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, they were 12, 11, and 12. So I think that's what, fifth, sixth.
0: I see him winning the race and he's across the finish line, like screaming, shrieking. And his teammates are running over to them and they're all like these slight, you know, like sixth graders, fifth graders running over <laughs> and they're, like jumping on him. And he's like, <laughs> like throwing them off and, and celebrating. They're flying. They're happy, but they're terrified. And parents are on the sideline like, what is going on? Who is this guy? He's yeah. a full beard. And then your parents are like, they have like a, a big pitcher of beer with them and they're just laughing, enjoying it. And, and there's Maddie. She's got a hunk of a hunk of cheese. Um, and, and a, <laughs> And a thing of I'm trying to think of what are very Midwestern. You got some ice cream, you got uh you got deep fried pickles. She's got a hot dog with no ketchup on it. Mm. County fair, what are what are
1: three best foods I'm
0: gonna get at the county fair this August?
1: Uh one, County Fair is not a thing here in Minnesota, it's the state fair. So just to <laughs> clarify for the record. Top three foods are uh let's go, you gotta get the dairy building milkshake raspberry milkshake number one number two it's got to be sweet martha's cookies and number three we're going with the uh what's a great one what's a great one i don't eat it much anymore but the turkey leg it's pretty fire you could
2: ask maddie if she's around i don't know if she is but if she wants to have a say on best foods at the state fair hey mad
1: Matter you
3: around? I could hear him from outside the room and he's struggling a bit today.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But, you know, that's why we're, we're all here for him. You know, you're jumping in. We're doing our part. Everyone's here for him. Right, we're one big that's team. That's my role. State Fair,
0: Minnesota State Fair. Um, what, what are the top three foods that you're getting there um, and why?
3: Uh, okay, my number one would probably be a pronto pup, which is similar to a corn dog, but different. And I don't really know why it's different. <laughs> but, we know that. But
2: that's good that you're explaining to our audience exactly what a, pro- say it again, a pronto pup?
3: Pronto pup. Pronto um, pup. Let's got it. see. What, what is different about a pronto pup? It's like just better. It's like a corn dog, but it's really good. And they like wipe ketchup and mustard on it with a paintbrush so it's like painted that's legit. yellow
2: that's very cool love that
3: at the same time you have to get like a big like fresh squeeze lemonade um when you mm. eat it the, that combo is really good so that's a two for one my next would be have to be some fried pickles which I heard Max didn't mention, and he said turkey leg. Like, I just want to say that I've literally never seen him eat a turkey leg, <laughs> like <laughs> not one time. <laughs> um, so that's quite shocking to me that he said that. And I honestly, like, do I know him? Like, I don't know. Like, no. There's this fine. quarantine is bringing some weird things out of him. I, uh, like, swear to God, I have never seen him go near the turkey leg stand. Thank all you, right. Maddie. Handing it back back to Mr. Winter here.
1: Thank you, Maddie, for your candid response. <laughs> she really laid into you, Icy. It's really great content.
2: You just got freshly squeezed in front of all of our listeners. Like a <laughs> like a tall glass of lemonade, sir.
3: Mm. Verbally.
2: Verbally squeezed. That's me. Let's move into our first quick segment last week today. Winter's going to share with us all the storylines you should know about from the last week.
1: Hey, everyone. So I've got uh, just a few things today. So La Liga is suspended indefinitely. Um, News coming out of Spain. Unfortunately, they've been really hard hit by the pandemic. Uh, So hate to see that. Uh, But on maybe a bright side, Xavi has announced his desire to coach Barcelona. Uh, quote from the article I read said there cannot be anyone toxic around the dressing room Uh, interesting quote there by Chavi it's it's in my opinion the manager who determines the toxicity around a dressing room so this quote was taken as you know he won't come to the team unless that's the case so very weird bizarre kind of quote there from Chavi I don't really understand it but great player And I think it'd be interesting. It'd be kind of cool to see him come back to Barcelona and coach.
2: that would be very cool.
1: Um, The other bit of news is that Tiger King is sweeping social media. If you haven't seen it already or just getting little mentions of or seeing pictures of uh, Joe Exotic and his tigers. Uh, Definitely is a bizarre, bizarre show on Netflix. Interesting. uh, Very enjoyable. I liked it a lot great entertainment. Um, So really what it comes down to, Love is Blind and Tiger King are must-see pandemic quarantine shows. If you haven't seen either, watch both. Next, really interesting story. I was perusing the internet, fell down a Twitter hole, and found this wonderful little uh, fun fact that you can now use at any party or any chit-chat, you know, little small talk. So, ever wonder how Triscuit got its name? Maybe you're thinking, okay, play on, play on words with biscuit and try. So like three layers of whatever biscuit. No, you're wrong. Don't even, don't even go down that hole. Long story short, in the early 1900s, Triscuit was run out of Niagara Falls, and their big selling point, being baked by electricity, they were the only food on the market prepared by this 1903 process and Bakes, it
2: literally as in created yes electrically they, Electri- they created it well, created out, out of thin air biscuit. wow yep electricity biscuit
1: Triscuit means electricity biscuit there you have it electricity biscuit <laughs> trisket. that's your fun fact that's the news last week this week and of course all of us here at footy fellas uh hope you are safe and healthy and are social distancing responsibly in this crazy world we are
2: living Thank you for those headlines, Winter, keeping everyone up to date on news they should know at the moment. going to throw it to Jones for our rank order segment, where he's ranking something very important to all of us, our fingers. What you're probably
0: thinking to yourself is, all right, how do you you differentiate between the fingers on your right hand versus the fingers on your left hand? What I've taken as a given and accepted um, statement maxim across the world is that the right hand is just objectively better than the left hand. So don't even argue we can get into that but we're not. We're going to accept that the right hand is better um, and talk about the right handed fingers in particular. Um, so at number five, at number five, we have the ring finger. All right. This shouldn't be much of a surprise to you guys. Um, you can't do much with it. All right. It's good for bling, but, but that's about it. That really is about it. It doesn't move much on its own. It's highly dependent on the others. You, you don't, you really don't need it. Um, number four is the pinky finger. Which is um I'm a huge fan. I think it's great at clearing your ears. Um uh it also helps you look really, really fancy if you're like sipping from a teacup. From a teacup. Um, but uh and it's also good for blowing. You can have a pinky ring finger, but um and that's kind of the edge that it has on the ring finger, but other than that, it's still it's still number four because your top three are clearly far, far away the best three. Um number three is the middle finger. Um, it carries with it a significance that you don't have with the other fingers, you That's can true. flash that finger at others and it sends a, it sends a message. It sets the tone. Um, uh, it is the, it's the longest subjectively. It's the biggest finger you got. So it's kind of, I mean, from a length perspective, um, which, which is pretty cool. Um, and you have to give it some merit. Um, and it's in the middle. So it's like the, it's like the the lead singer, right? It's kind of like the, the, the front man of the, of the hand, right the hand there. band. Yeah. The hand band. So that's why I think the middle finger has its, it's rightly ranked at number three and it's almost broken to the top two, but top two clearly are kind of like the Messi and Ronaldo of the hand. Um, Number two is the thumb. This is the glue guy, right? Who keeps everything together, allows you to grip stuff. Um, uh, It it can, it can pick things up. Um, And it's also, it had a huge role in the gladiator. Um, If you've seen the movie um, it's, it's what the, the, the then Caesar, does where he you know is validating whether the gladiator survives and is good or or dies and is bad and then there's the in between the middle which is um pretty soft i don't think a, i don't think a caesar should ever do that um number one that leaves you down to one finger that's the index finger um because it's literally number one guys um whoa it's, if you it's, hold it up it literally see looks that looks like you're saying number one right isn't that incredible and they make big foam hands that have just that number one so that's how they even have it's its own paraphernalia Um it's a big time decision maker. If ever you need something to be decided, like you're going that way or going that way, you point, right? You use your finger. It's like that is it. We're doing that thing. Um it's a go-to itch scratcher. If you've got a scratchy thing that you're trying to itch, you're using that index finger. You can use other fingers, but you're probably, it depends on what angle you're going at. You're probably using the index finger. Um and it's a huge character in the movie The Shining. If you've seen that, um the little boy talks to his finger. His finger's name's Tony. Talks like that. It's really creepy. Um, so for those reasons, uh, we have the rank order of five ring finger, four pinky, three middle, two thumb, and your your index is number one.
1: Wow! Wow! Lot to break down here. Lot to break down. So thumb is it even a finger? That's the big question. Do we only have? I mean, there's talk about it, right? All the other fingers have three knuckles. Uh, the thumb has two. So is that a disqualification? for being a finger. Who knows? Big discussion, not going to have it here, but uh I think that your middle and index finger are definitely switch switch positions, man. The middle finger, if you if the pointer, if your index finger, if your only argument for is that it represents a number 1 and you can point to stuff, your middle finger does the exact same stuff and you can scratch anywhere you want with the middle finger. You've got tons of mobility with that finger arguably the same as the index. Um, and like you said, for the middle finger, it represents, you know, nonverbal uh, anger and disgust with people in our society. So throw it up there, and let them know what
2: what you mean. This fits really well, actually, with your statement last week that people needed to be less nice to each other. Winter, at least you're at least you're keeping it on brand and saying people should utilize the middle finger for that function more often.
1: It, it's I'm sticking by
2: it. Be less nice. Throw the middle finger around. Thanks for those rankings, Jones. Very important, obviously, to all of us. Which fingers should we be paying more attention to and which should we almost stop caring about, in a sense. With that, we're going to jump to our first sponsor break. Again, huge part of our show are these sponsors, so want to give them their time, their due, because they're paying our dues on our time. We'll be back.
0: Calling all puzzle masters, code breakers, and lock pickers. Come down to Dorchester Mall and visit D'Angelo's inescapable escape rooms. We've got all kinds of escape room themes, but only one level of difficulty. Impossible. (laughs) You can be a pirate and decipher the riddles to uncover buried treasure. Arg! Or you could be a secret agent and unlock the code to the secret file. Pew, pew. But there's only one hitch. You definitely won't get out. After signing our non-disclosure agreement and filing your last will and testament with our staff, you too could be a detective uncovering the clues and solving the case. But again, chances are pretty slim. No one's ever left. Celebrating our 30-year anniversary this month, over 1,000 folk have attempted and over 1,000 missing reports have been filed. Say your goodbyes and then come on down to D'Angelo's inescapable escape rooms
1: off Route 33.
2: 're just you're saying you, you want you're just in it for the challenger explain to me why after hearing their pitch why you'd want to go there
1: yeah absolutely you know it's it's they're really just challenging they're pretty much saying come on you can't win no one has give us your best shot and I'm better than that
0: so they're baiting you you like that the, that that they're baiting you to come in
1: yes and I think I am the egotistical just chud who they are targeting and that's who they get I am just a little curious how they scrounged up the money for this ad and did not use it on legal fees. I assume they're in legal trouble.
2: They've also that's kind of the next phase of our partnership. They've also reached out to us for some sort of legal help and support, for which I told them absolutely. We've done that before and absolutely we have the necessary experience to get you out of this one. That's kind of where we landed with them. So we'll see what what the next step is in our Relationship, anyways, check out the Inescapable Escape Room uh, in the Dorchester Mall. Sounds like quite the experience. With that, want to head into our main topic. This week, we're going to be discussing player valuations. Is it worth it for clubs to be paying these massive transfer fees that they've been paying, especially in the last three, four years, to obtain big-name players such as Neymar, Jao Felix, Griezmann, Ronaldo, Pogba. To name a few, I want to start off the segment by actually getting a little bit of crowd participation here. So I'm going to throw both of you into it and see how we do. I'm Going to start off with a little bit of Price is Right, Transfer Market Edition. Hi. So we'll go quickly for each one. We'll go Jones, then Winter. I'm gonna I'm gonna name a player. I'll tell you when they got transferred and how old they were when they got transferred. You're going to tell me how much you think the how much you think was paid for them by the club that obtained them. All right. Starting off with Gareth Bale, who was transferred to Real Madrid in 2013. He was 24 years old. God.
0: Um. Are we doing pounds? Or Looking for doing
2: numbers doing... here. Dollars. Dollars.
0: Dollars. American dollars. Converted oh, to American go... dollars, so all of
2: us can understand. Okay. It.
0: So let's go. Let's go. 100. 105 million dollars.
2: Winter. I think it was 150 million. Okay. It was 131 million pounds, uh, dollars, (laughs) 131 million dollars back in 2013, 2014. Wow. Let's go Pogba next. Pogba was transferred to Manchester United in 2016, and he was also 24 years old. Jones? Um,
0: okay, so he was, I remember it was around 90, was that pounds? Or was that euros? Uh, so I'll throw him, I'll throw him... One, twenty-five, one hundred twenty-five
1: million American
2: dollars. Winter.
1: Okay. Yep. In Price Is Right fashion, $125 million and one hundred twenty-five million in one dollar.
2: Well, Price Is Right fashion still gets you the L there, unfortunately, because it was one hundred sixteen million dollars. Let's go. Max is closer. Last one here. Jow Felix. Who was transferred to Atletico Madrid in 2019, pretty recently, and he was only 19 years old, Jones. Um.
0: All right. Severe disadvantage playing places right, having to go first every time. But you know what? <laughs> if you get
2: the price exactly right, you can never lose. So if you get the price right, we're throwing in a free trip to the Minnesota State Fair, get and out that's of here. and that's on the house. Wow. And you can take that one to the bank.
0: I am motivated. Okay, Jao Felix uh, went for, I think, around 120, again, euros or pounds. So I'm going to throw him about $158 American dollars.
1: I am going to go with $120 million.
2: It was right in between both of you. He went for $139 million. Wow. So these, this is just kind of just to give you a sense. First, thanks for playing. Secondly, this is kind of give to give you a sense of just how expensive some of these play, players are when they're being transferred from one club to another, the massive amounts of money being paid for them. Since 2013, since Bale, there's been 10 players that have gone for over $100 million, which is pretty impressive, and obviously a lot of money being exchanged in the game of soccer abroad. And ultimately, to answer the question of, is it worth it for these clubs to be paying transfer fees this big? I wanted to quickly break it down in two ways. First, looking at it from a profit and net value, net worth perspective for the clubs themselves. So literally, is it worth it? Them obtaining these players, is it giving them a boost, a competitive advantage in that their value is being boosted more than the other top clubs around them? So the first way we're gonna do that is comparing each team's jump in overall net worth from the year that they acquired the player through the transfer market and over the next two seasons. So we're going to be looking for Bale. We're going to be looking at the 2013 valuation of Real Madrid and then comparing the jump between 2013 and 2016 to the jump of the top 10 clubs combined. So we're going to be looking at the percentage difference between Madrid's worth in 2013 compared to 2016 versus the average uh, average percentage of average jump of clubs uh, net value percentage in that same time frame. So kind of to just give an idea of these other clubs that didn't make the big money signing that year, are they also just naturally growing? Is it really important to make these signings or not? Question,
0: quick question. Yes,
2: Sorry. please. Um, in that time frame, so 2013
0: to 2016.
2: Yes. Uh, is Bale the only big name transfer that
0: had taken place? Is that something you had?
2: That's after? a, fa- that's a very fair question. Yes. It happens to be the case for him. For the other ones I'm going to talk about quickly, not the case. There were other big money transfers that went on. So it is tough to extract each piece, I think, of like the profit valuation perspective because there's so many other factors like winning trophies or, you know, young talent coming up that's hard to account for that adds to performance. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Good question. So Real Madrid valuation in thir- in 2013, $3.3 billion. Valuation in 2016, before that season, was $3.65 billion. That was a percentage difference of 11%, so their net value grew 11% from 2013 to 16 since they acquired Bale uh, with that massive transfer fee. Comparing that to the other top 10 clubs combined from 2013 to 16, the other top 10 clubs had a 44% jump in net value. So one of the difficulties for Madrid was they were already at the top. It's harder to grow, obviously, when you were all the way at the top. There were some other clubs like Arsenal and uh, Man City that grew tremendously and had an easier time growing. But just one example of how Real Madrid acquiring Bale didn't actually do as much for their net worth as other clubs not making any big money transfers did in that time frame. A couple of other examples, Pogba in 2016, between 2016 and 2019, Man U's net value grew 15%. And in that same time frame, the other top 10 clubs combined grew 23%. So again, bigger than Man U's growth. The last two examples were both in 2017. So for Barcelona, who acquired Dembele, their net worth grew by 11%. And the top 10 clubs combined were uh, net value grew by 20%. So again, less than the rest of the clubs around them. And lastly, PSG acquiring Neymar in 2017 their, net, their a net worth grew by 30% actually in the, the following two years, whereas the top other clubs combined grew by 20%. So the one example where a club's net value actually grew more than the other clubs around them by making this big money acquisition was PSG acquiring Neymar in 2017. Overall, obviously a lot of disclaimers in terms of what other factors are at play here, like Jones mentioned. But overall, it really seems like making these big money acquisitions on the transfer market doesn't necessarily set apart a club in terms of literally what they're worth moving forward at least in the following two or three years the second quick piece I wanted to touch on for is it worth it for clubs to make big transfers are just quickly talking about some successes and flops that have happened recently when I'm looking at the top 10 players that were all transferred for over 100 million and kind of categorizing them the few successes I think that are known just from a kind of title winning and uh, you know, performance, reputation perspective. One of them is Bale because Madrid won so many Champions League titles and he played a role in that. I think that was a success, even though their net value didn't grow similar to clubs around them. I think Mbappe and Neymar for PSG completely changed who they were as a club on the world scale, but they still haven't won a Champions League t- title as a team, so kind of remains to be seen. In the middle group, the mess between successes and flops, terming the meh, is Ronaldo, who obviously went to Juventus quite recently, but it also remains to be seen whether they can win that elusive Champions League title. Hazard for Madrid, Griezmann for Barcelona, and Coutinho, who went to Barcelona and is now at Bayern on loan. Those four players could go either way, and the only kind of proven older player in that group, I think, is Ronaldo, where you could say he's made a massive difference for Juventus so far, even though they haven't yet won the title. Lastly, in the flops... I have Dembele for Barcelona and Jao Felix for Atletico. Both of them have had kind of serious injuries and have missed a lot of game time since they were transferred pretty recently. But I think that's a fair thing that we should be taking, that these teams should be weighing, is if I'm trading for this young player or old, I'm I'm paying these massive transfer fees just to acquire the player. There's a chance they get injured. And that kind of takes a bigger hit if you're, you're willing to spend more of your budget on a massive player. If that one person gets injured, definitely more of the stake you've put into that one player is at risk. So ultimately, when looking at both the net valuations of clubs compared to those around them and some just kind of more storytelling, title-winning uh, examples more recently, I think that sure things such as Neymar are worth the large sums for a massive club That will be in big tournaments, but younger players, aside from literally maybe just Mbappe, who falls in the category of like Messi-Ronaldo type talent, maybe just those three players, aside from Mbappe, younger players are not worth transferring over $100 million or euros or pounds, whatever, because you just don't know how how they'll turn out. So I'd love to get both of your thoughts, but just looking at it from those two angles, I think ultimately the club's paying this much money for players in the transfer market. Are making a mistake. Love that take. I,
0: <clears throat> I, I agree that investing so much in look, backup. That was awesome. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Thank you for doing the legwork and, and giving those numbers. The um, I, I think that the younger players uh, are always going to be a risk, and it's highlighted in the unknown um, quantity that is their um, just their track record. Like you don't know if they're going to be injury prone, and you don't know if they're going to be able to handle themselves on on big stages. That's why I like the Mbappes of the world are very valuable because he's scored in a World Cup final. He scored two goals in the, the game prior. to that. He's he's proven himself. He's also scored like 18 goals in his Champions League career. It's only like 20 now. 20, right? Same. Um, so like that's a proven, that's a known quantity. And then when you're spending it on these these younger guys, you may be growing to an extent your your net worth, perhaps, but but you're not gaining that, right? Clearly, investing that money in a Neymar um, provides you the the notoriety needed, um, but you're also getting a known um, ability. The um, I, I I I agree with this. I see. Do you disagree?
1: No, I think. Uh, thanks, Eli, for bringing up this uh, topic. I think it's very interesting. I look. I think that. Huge transfer fees are not. Um, I don't think they pan out. I don't think they make much sense. Now, again, it's hard, right? Um, we all know that it's a more complex discussion than just looking at transfer of player this year and then a couple years later looking at the net value yeah. of a team. Um, so, with that in mind, right? I just think it'd be it'd be interesting to see, um, you know, polls of fan enthusiasm and excitement around these big transfers, because I think that's huge, right? You really want to get more fans excited, a bigger fan base. You want to drive ticket sales. So I would love to see numbers on maybe ticket sales, but right. These big teams who are making these huge transfers, you know, high value transfer um, acquisitions, they're already huge clubs. So I'm sure they sell out um, and they have a huge huge fan bases. So it's tough, right? If you're at the top, right? Like you said, Eli, it's hard to, to move up. Um, whereas a a smaller club sign a player who's solid um, would likely drive up their value a little more which would maybe skew their the success of the transfer the the worthwhileness of paying that much Um, I think it has a lot to do with uh, hyping it up kind of marketing for the team and the season coming up like wow, they're going to break a record signing this player for $200 million. And people are like, wow, like they must, this player must be pretty good. I'm actually going to pay attention now. I think it's a little bit of a marketing gimmick. Um, and again, not sure if that's paying
2: off. I totally agree. And I think that's one of the issues that is happening right now in the transfer market, even as analytics are becoming more popular in soccer and players, teams are trying to evaluate players as fairly as they can there's always going to be a massive public perception issue where they the players are either being marketed, or the teams really just wanted to sign them to have this huge pull, to have the number out there. Like, Oh, we broke the transfer record. But ultimately that leads to them making some poor decisions or misguided decisions. I think because they want that, um, you know, they want that starting 11 on paper that looks so incredible or they just want to have all the marketing, you know, massive ticket sales for that season. Even though the already clubs, the clubs are already selling out, kind of like you mentioned, winter. The catch,
0: though, which is really starting to get interesting with these younger players, is okay. You can hype up a Jao Felix, you can hype up a um, a Sancho, you can hype up all these younger guys. Um, but what happens when they do get on the big stage? You know, look at a Memphis Depay coming to United, um, or or uh, you know, I guess De Maria was a little bit in his prime there. But you you hype up these big name transfers, they come in. And um, because there's been so much publicity, they kind of fail to live in the spotlight. They fail to step on the stage and perform. Um, And it's the the more that we continue to value these younger players at a higher cost, I think there's greater variability in how much they're actually able to take on um, emotionally as well as clearly physically. Um, So, you know, you can continue to hype it up and make this a big news story based on just the transfer budgets. But um, there is a toll that I believe does come with it and it warps these players worlds and it warps their own sense of self-worth and value and, um, and potentially could lead players to crumble and fail to, to meet the standards that are unreasonably set for them.
2: Absolutely. Yep. Great points all around. If you have any thoughts on player valuations, let us know. We're obviously happy to talk about this more. There's a lot to unpack. With that, we're going to jump into our second sponsor read. Again, thank our sponsors, give them some time in the spotlight, and then head to our last critically acclaimed game, Over Under. Be right back. Local escape artist Tony here. You can call me an escape artist of sorts. I'm sure you and your loved ones are thinking of visiting one of them escape rooms that have become quite popular. They're entertaining for a bit, sure. But have you thought about the absolute nightmare getting stuck in one of those would be? Have you? Don't want you ending up like a dollar hot dog roasting on the New York sidewalk. That's where I come in as one of the escape artists at Escape Artists LLC. In the last 10 years, I personally have escaped from three jails, two marriages, one bad real estate investment, and over 100 local escape rooms. Our team is full of skilled individuals, and we will set you up with an escape artist that fits in perfectly with your family like dark-haired Jane, 5'7", and filthy rich Uncle Jerry, or Julius, who has asthma. You'll stroll into the escape room confident, collected, and most importantly, escape artists LL cared for. We've helped families escape from Curry's Escape Room Lounge and Indian Restaurant in Fairchester, Jury's Escape Room at the Courthouse in Worcester, and McFlurry's Escape Room and Concert Venue in McChester. Our team is so committed to your success that Jacob, my former colleague, got stuck with a nervous family of eight inside D'Angelo's inescapable escape room at the Dorchester Mall location. Escape like the pros at Escape Artists, LLC, where at first you LLC us and then you LL don't. Thanks to Tony and the Escape Artists at Escape Artists, LLC for providing some help for those of us that might struggle at escape rooms. Uh, I'm signing this guy up.
0: There's a there's a there's a new escape room opening up at uh, Dorchester Mall that uh it's actually been around for a little while. I think I'm gonna swing over there. Might might call some of the LLC
1: team. Help me out. I like Tony. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I like Tony too. you mentioned that kind of like. Sorry, I like Tony. Yeah. Tony seems like a cool guy. He seems like a pretty uh pretty good dude. It's just nice that we're able to support small businesses of all forms. Those that have been on Shark Tank. Those that haven't. You know it's big for us do you think he was joking about escaping from jails no he sounded pretty pretty legit yeah it sounds like a guy you don't mess with sounds like a guy you want to be a part of the family while you're at the escape room though yeah because of his expertise yeah, yeah. for sure for sure uh, the guy with asthma sounds right up my alley there's a lot of uh, a lot of escape rooms out there that are kind of themed that you might not recognize you know escape rooms within a mcdonald's setup or escape rooms within a like indian restaurant or something like that that i wouldn't have thought would make for good escape room locations but it kind of makes sense it's very real Mm -hmm. it's very realistic Mm -hmm. that's actually that's actually a pretty good transition into our over unders this week where we're going to be rating things that are over and underrated
1: yes yes we are and today i will be doing our over under and um it's going to be Tiger King theme. Uh, again, as I mentioned in our last week today uh, bit, Tiger King is sweeping social media, sweeping uh, Netflix, and uh, people love it. So I thought, why not do a little Tiger King theme? Uh, Jones, you'll go first. Eli, you'll go second. And here we, here we are. Let's get it. Okay, Jonesy. Over, under, feeding your husband to your tigers.
0: Um, uh, that is, that is underrated. Uh, there is no greater satisfaction than feeding, um, someone who's betrayed you, uh, to, to some tigers. Uh, one, because tigers are hungry and they need some, um, good flesh. None of that roadkill stuff. Um, though you might call him roadkill. And two, uh, it's the perfect crime. They can't ever, um, find any evidence if it's all eaten. Thank you.
1: Perfect, perfect. I think you and Carol uh, will become good friends. Okay, number two, Eli. Illegally trafficking tigers.
2: Seems pretty overrated to me because I'm against illegally trafficking tigers and watching the first episode, which is as far as I've gotten, I am kind of emotional seeing all of the tigers walking around in cages, sad. Yes, hanging out with their their buddies, but I think think trafficking tigers is, is overrated, you know?
1: Okay. So we, okay, 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 I like it, I like it. Jonesy, uh, yours is living in Oklahoma. Uh,
0: uh, it's not even, it's rated, all right? Like, it's a given that Oklahoma, look, I'm sorry to all the, the pod listeners from Oklahoma, but I have gone on the record many times before. Oklahoma is my least favorite state. Um, I've stopped there a couple times to get some gas on my way down to other, I think I went to Texas. And it's, uh, it's, there's nothing there, guys. There's nothing there. They may have these exotic animals, but uh, clearly dangerous and improperly and, and, and um, handled. Uh, Oklahoma is rated because it is, it is not good. Thank you over now.
1: All right. Did you all get that uh, email coming from Joe Exotic? Uh, we just lost his ad for next pod. So um, thanks, Jones. Um, we'll have to, you'll have to make it up to us another time. Okay, Eli, next one. Eating expired Walmart meat on pizza.
2: I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with rated. Right. Sounds about how you'd expect.
1: Okay. All right.
2: That's all. That's
1: all. Okay. All right, Jonesy. Running for president, then governor.
0: Um uh, underrated. You can't underrate how much publicity you got for running uh, for president, which probably then gave you enough clout to easily uh, win the gubernatorial race. So, um, underrated.
1: Okay, you're in for a big surprise as you continue on with Tiger King. Okay, you <laughs> <laughs> Using dynamite to blow up your watch so you won't have to forfeit it in a legal battle.
2: Wow, that's underrated as hell. Blow- a- actively destroying one of your items, especially something very valuable, special, important, and good-looking to you, like that beautiful watch, seems like an underrated way to get out of presenting things in legal battles. So if you're ever worried about a piece of evidence or something like that, definitely just blow it up. That seems like an obvious solution. I'm surprised no one's even tried that before in U.S. or other history. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree with you more, Eli. I think that's why
1: Joe Exotic is now a hero to many across this country. Okay, Jonesy. Getting your arm ripped off by a tiger and going back to work five days later.
0: Uh, underrated. Uh, what a legend. What an absolute stud. Uh, I know if my homies uh, go out for a nice uh, a, 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 a night, we're going out in the town, and they, they've they had a tough one, uh, and they're coming back limping and wounded, I'm looking back at them and saying, get out there, dog. Get out there. Get out there, dog and uh and and so like a hype for my homies
1: uh i'm just rambling at this point let's go let's do this ah yep you know just just shows commitment and loyalty yep definitely under understood that one okay eli last one of the day running a caged tiger business operation similar to your arch nemesis but convincing hundreds of volunteers and millions of people across the country that your treatment of wild tigers is more humane
2: I agree that that's overrated. I, I won't say I agree because I don't know how you feel, but I say I agree because this is how I was thinking yesterday. Even after the first episode, it seems like what Carol is doing is very similar to what Joe is doing. And that was my one qualm with everything I'd seen so far on screen. Thank you. So to, to, to your statement, I think it's it's overrated and I'm excited to learn more and watch how it all unfolds.
1: Thank you for that, Eli. I think, as uh, you'll soon find out, you will soon dislike everyone in the show. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we love the show. I love Tiger King.
2: It's kind of the opposite of a Game of Thrones approach, which I know you guys mentioned at the, at the end of last pod, and I kind of just cut it off. But uh, in Game of Thrones, I feel like you end up liking a lot of the characters more and more as it goes on. Here, you, you're saying you just end up hating them all.
1: It's the opposite. Yep, yep. Makes for great TV. <laughs>
2: And with that, we're going to end this pod until we see you or hear you or you hear us next week, depending on modes of communication, how long the carrier pigeons take, and where you find our podcast whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or as I just mentioned by carrier pigeon.
0: Nice.
2: Until next week, check out the Instagram. we got a lot of great content coming up, including some guest providers of content, and a lot more coming your way.
1: Skeep! Here. and that's why we see polar bears wanting to go to california and buy a property along the along the beach it's really scary to see how just capitalistic and how much they've ingrained themselves into the society of america